Next up on the Renaissance Man podcast, we have NBC Sports broadcaster Maria Taylor, who is the host of the popular weekly show, Football Night in America, and somebody I consider family. Coming up, I talked to Maria about her upbringing in Georgia and how it made her who she is today. Why she considers the Nick Saban interview one of her top five favorites and her personal order when she goes to the infamous Waffle House. Up next, Maria Taylor. Let's go. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post, a show where we cover trends in fashion, entertainment, current events, and everything in between. This week's theme, Pave Your Own Way. Time for me to drop some truth bombs on you. What's meant for you will be sometimes scary it'll seem like a risk like you taking a chance and people aren't going to necessarily believe that you should take the first step without seeing the entire staircase my favorite mlk quote but i'm here to tell you that the biggest rewards come from having the bravery to create your own path personally the moments that I felt the biggest growth in myself is where I went outside of my comfort zone. I feel that growth every time I travel somewhere new. I've been the cutter for the World Cup. I've been the Ghana for New Year's Eve. I go to all type of sporting events. I go to all type of speaking engagements, symposiums doing things to stretch myself outside of my comfort zone. In all aspects of life, I feel like I'm behind the wheel and paving my own path for my journey. And guess what? I want that for you too. So be bold. Have the courage. Take this as your motivation to go out and get that degree you've been talking about. Don't settle. Figure out that romantic relationship that you deserve and make it happen. 
And I'll just tell you this about all friendships and relationships. It takes courage to be happy. Ask for that interview that you know you need to land that dream job that you want. Remember, if you don't like the road that you're on, go a completely new one. My next guest is also on her own path to greatness. And I've had the honor to see her rise to the top, not only as a colleague, but as a friend. Coming up, I talked to Maria about how she got her start in the media business on ESPNU. And what's it like watching her Georgia, Georgia Bulldogs become back-to-back national champions and her thoughts on the NFL's response to DeMar Hamlin's collapse on the field. Up next, Maria Taylor. I call my next guest affectionately, Money T. She's an NBC sportscaster, former ESPN analyst, current host of the widely popular Football Night in America. And get this, over an unprecedented 10-month period, I've watched my sister host the primetime network broadcast for the NFL Draft, the NBA Finals, the Tokyo Olympic Games, the Super Bowl, and the Winter Olympics in Beijing. Many now know that she's the Swiss Army knife of the industry, and I'm glad, again, to call her family. It is my honor to welcome the mega-talented Maria Taylor to the Renaissance (laughs) Man podcast. What's up, bro? It's good to be here. That might be the best introduction I've ever had in my whole entire life. So if you could just like go in front of me in every room I'm in, that would be great. <laughs> I got you. I got you. And the sky's the limit because people are going to continue to request you and rightfully so. And you know, I know your background and your story. But for our audience, and we've almost did 150 shows, I have to tell them, it's a family affair. <laughs> I rarely get a chance to say that on a professional platform. So I have to ask you, you grew up in the great state of Georgia. How did that environment and your childhood there shape you? Mm, I got my little ATL shirt on now. I've got, look, look, Georgia's behind me in the office. That's right. (laughs) We we got the jersey up there, you know, all day, every day. Um, And it's funny, Jalen, because, you know, we could live anywhere in the world and I've made my home Atlanta. Like I never want to leave this place because it's where my dad's from Macon, Georgia. My mom grew up in Southwest Atlanta. Like my grandma, we would come home. It was, you're coming home to Atlanta and you're celebrating here. And I think what I love about it is one, there's a very big black community, like right across the street from me is the CEO of Walgreens and it's a black woman. You know what I mean? Like the, the that's what you're constantly running into when you're here. So you're constantly being empowered. And there's so many, the community is tight. Like everyone who's from Atlanta, they're going to help somebody else. They're going to lend a hand out. And so that's kind of like what I grew up in. There was always someone there to help you. So that's what I try to do in my industry. Just as I come up, I'm trying to be the one that's like lending the help in hand because it's a Southern thing. Like we're Southern bred. That's what we do. 
and most people don't know this, but we've talked about it before, Jalen, you know, growing up in Alpharetta, you showed up every now and then at Newtown Park (laughs) and actually played pickup ball. And Jalen chose me, the only girl that was there to be on his team. I will never forget. And I'm so (laughs) mad that I can't find the ball that you signed when I was in high school because the, the super like, the moment when we get to work together versus like playing pickup basketball together in high school, you can't make that up. Like you can't make a moment like that. You cannot make that up. Absolutely. And (laughs) as you mentioned, how genuine it is, not only being from the South, but continuing to represent your roots the way that you have. And so Mm. I must continue to double down on that. What got you into sports and then transitioning into multimedia? Mm. Well, you know, I played basketball and volleyball at Georgia, so I always knew I wanted to stay in sports, but I knew I didn't really want to coach. I didn't know what it looked like. And as women, you know, we don't have the same opportunities professionally as men do. I never really wanted to go overseas and spend eight months away from my family to make, you know, not great money or maybe sometimes you're not even guaranteed to get the money. There's so many things that you go through when you go overseas that that wasn't even on my mind. But the first time we had a volleyball match on TV, I'll never forget, it was Tennessee, Georgia, we're at home. And like the broadcasters were up in the top of the uh, stands. And I was like, do they just get paid to like call the games, the volleyball matches? And they're like, yeah. And like they travel around and do that. And so that's when literally I changed my major three times. I came into school thinking I was going to be a biology major, do pre-med, be a team doctor, took biology, hated it. I did business, (laughs) took accounting, hated it. And then when I found out like there's a way to, merge sports and this broadcasting, this journalism field. And I've always been good at talking to people. That's when I decided it. So as soon as I graduated, I worked at Georgia. I was blessed to have like an amazing athletic director in Damon Evans. Again, young black man, Carla Williams, who's now the AD at the University of Virginia. Like they're my superpower team. They gave me my first job. They made up a job for me at Georgia. They made me a production assistant. And I worked with the the website and stuff. And I'm doing like internet volleyball matches and basketball. Then they called Comcast Sports South and said, we got a girl that can do volleyball matches. And that's how I got on TV. Like literally, I've never shown anyone my resume. Everything runs back to the fact that I'm from Georgia and like yep. the people you know putting you on. You know what yes. I mean? Your name get, getting in the room before you even step into it type thing. Absolutely. And before I get more into your career as an amazing broadcaster, I want to go back to the beginning. Tell me your favorite moment and or season as a basketball player and as a volleyball player. Okay, favorite moment, hands down, as a volleyball player was the year we beat Florida because Florida was always like they won the the league every single year of volleyball. They're still great. Like they're really, really good. And my senior year, I had not beaten Florida. And this was our last time to play them. We played them at home. We had to go five sets, you know, which is like tiring and you're exhausted. At the t- I played all the way around. So it was like defense, serving, everything. Like I'm giving my whole life to this at this mm. point. We beat them on an ace. And then afterwards, their head coach, she's still the head coach now. Her name's Mary Wise. She shook my hand. She was like, I knew you were going to get me one of these years, <laughs> you know, because it's like I had been around the block. Like I've been there the right. whole time. And she was like, you were going to get me once. And so we did. That was great. And then for basketball, we beat Tennessee, Candace Parker's Tennessee, one time, same thing. And so, you know, this is a team that's like perennially in the final four. Like there are nemesis, like Pat Summit's still there, Coach Landers, Andy Landers is there. They've been coaching against each other for like 25 years or something. So every time you play Tennessee, it was crazy. And we beat them one year, my junior year at home. And so even to just be in the building for something like that was great. So for me, it was always the rivalries. 
like those big moments you get up for. There's always a team that like has your number for no reason. You know, Tennessee mm. was the one that had ours. Florida was the one that had ours. So to get over those humps, that was the most fun. So as we mentioned, getting over the hump, Georgia, mm. Georgia, <laughs> the dogs, back to back. Mm. Championship. So I, I should have had my ring smoke. on. I have my exactly. my national championship ring. I don't know why I didn't bring it up here with me, but go ahead. Yes. <laughs> Tell me what it's like these last two seasons to watch a squad that you grew up watching, rooting for, have family members go to Georgia that inspired you to go there to now see them win back-to-back championships. Okay, so let me take it all the way back to you, yes. My My grandmother grew up in Athens, Georgia. When I tell you, like, the little house is still there in Athens that she grew up in. Went to high school there, middle school, everything. So, but of course, when she was in school, she couldn't attend the university, but, like, loved it. Like, we were raised to love Georgia. She would get the newspaper and be like, oh, look at how many points, whatever David Green had. And, you know, look at the <laughs> touchdown. It just didn't matter. Yeah. Everything Georgia, she knew everything about it. And I was the first, you know, grandkid or kid in general in the family to actually attend the university. So for like the grandma who couldn't go because she was black to the granddaughter actually being able to go, like we would talk every single day. And she was asking me about like, how's Matthew Stafford doing? You know what I mean? Because she (laughs) cared about football. And so while I was there, you know, the best we did was winning the SEC championship in 2005 with DJ Shockley. Mm. And then again, and we probably should have been to a national championship after that. Like we had no Sean Moreno. We had Matthew Stafford. We had Justin Houston. We had AJ Green. Like mm-hmm. I can rattle off all these great right. players and we never could get the national champion. We could never make it. Mm-hmm. And so even this past year, the indie game, like I'm coming off of work. I'm like, I don't know if I want to fly to Indy. We're going to play Alabama <laughs> again. Like we keep losing to them. I'm not even going to lie. Yep. And I made a last second decision to go. And when I tell you, like I'm in tears on the field after the game, because it just feels like, like that's a place that I love. Like it's in my blood. You know what I mean? That I had to go there. That it's like it gave me a, what I feel like is a lot of my opportunities in life. And then even the kids, Jalen, every single summer I go and I mentor them. I do their media training. Like a lot of them, when they finish playing, like they're hitting me up asking what they should do. So like it's not even just a, oh, it's Georgia. We won a national championship. It's like the kids too. Like the players, mm-hmm. I really feel something special for them. And so this year to be there and just be like chilling the whole time. When I tell you Kirby came up to me at the beginning of the game, was like, hey, there's my girl. And I was like, he's not like nervous at all. Like That's there's love. No, no part about him was worried. I was like, oh, they're about to curb stop TCU. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it was fun. I was like at the 50 pregame, pre-kick. It was good to see everyone too from ESPN. Like I hadn't seen uh, some of the researchers and like the camera guys that I worked with on football in a while. So it was like a family affair, seeing them, being there with Georgia, and then just like relaxing the whole game. Like we were just mm-hmm. just margaritas and enjoying. Exactly. That's what happened when the other team scores seven points and you get over 60. You know what I was mean? nervous. I was nervous after the first touchdown. I was like, oh God, okay. Is everything going to be all right? And then it was like back to back to back. <laughs> uh, let me go get my drink. I'm okay. We're fine. <laughs> and as you acknowledge giving back and your University of Georgia, I have to thank you because one of the people that you inspire and mentor is my daughter, Mariah Rose, Mariah. who not only graduated from there, but now currently works for the Atlanta Hawks. And she tells me every day she walked through that those halls, there's a picture of you and there's an inspiration for everybody to follow. But a lot of people may or may not know 
you didn't start off on national network TV mm-hmm. as suited and booted as you are these days. Your early <laughs> nope. days were volleyball sidelines for ESPN. You <laughs> so talk about coming up through the ranks. Jalen, they used to call that the ERT. It wasn't even like ESPN. It was like I would be getting checks and it would be like ESPNU, ERT, Charlotte. There were all these <laughs> other stipulations in the check. Like it didn't say nothing about Disney. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> you don't work here. Um, but it's so true. Like I my dream job when I was coming up was like all I want to do is host the women's tournament, maybe, and do sidelines for the national championship for volleyball. Like that was the dream because that was all I knew. That was all I played. And that's like the reality check of like usually whatever you dream for yourself like there's something way bigger mm-hmm. you know and so you just gotta like keep grinding and keep walking through the open doors mm-hmm. but yeah the first thing that i did on tv was a new mexico state women's volleyball match and i did five volleyball games and then they were like you know what you might be good enough to do football but let's wow. see and so they let me do an arkansas versus like the little kids of the poor i don't even know who the other team was <laughs> but it was you know like when they play whoever and they mm-hmm. pay them and um, it was like a 9-11 game. And I'll never forget coming on air for the first time and like holding the mic. There's a mute button on the back. And I didn't know it. So I'm like squeezing the mic so tight. I'm holding down the mute button. So my first hit on ESPNU, oh. you can't even hear me. Oh. Like I'm only talking to the producer in the truck. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, they're never going to hire me again. <laughs> but that was my first time. I guess the rest of the hits went okay. So they let me do like seven on seven in Florida. I did lacrosse championship seven on seven in Florida. Mm-hmm. And then that following year was my first time getting a um, package for college football. And I still to this day think it's because Aaron Andrews left. And they were like, oh, we got to find somebody. Like who was in our, who's next? Right. Bring somebody up. And so All I did right. like the 330 ESPN ABC games with Danny Cannell. And so that was like my, my foot into the door really with ESPN. 